Welcome to our podcast, Mommy Trauma. I'm your host, Mommy Jeanette. And I'm your host, Bria Trauma. Let's get ready to spill some tea. Welcome back to Mommy Mommy Trauma. Trauma. We just want to thank everyone for joining us again and for all the support for our first two episodes of mommy trauma thank you for your love and for empowering us to keep going on this and thank you for your comments as well yeah absolutely so today we're gonna switch things up a little bit and talk less about the trauma and more so about how to intentionally create a healthy relationship and heal after having childhood trauma you know normal life experiences that kind of separate you from your adult children or teenage children It's a natural process for our children to grow and to um, leave us, leave the nest and to become adults. And so we need to trust um, in what we've done as a mother and as parents, and and we need to let go and let our children grow. Absolutely. There definitely is a period of time where it usually happens. I think late teens, you know, you go off to college or whatever your path is. You leave the home, you start to experiment with different things and try on new identities and really differentiate yourself from your family. And it's so important as a parent and as a child to understand that this is completely natural. And we actually, my mom was looking up, like how long is the normal time period for this to happen in families? And it's on average 4.5 years. One to 4.5 years is the natural uh, time it takes for a child to become an adult or to be be separated from adult where it feels like there's not you're not as close so yes so just know that this is completely normal it is not a reflection of poor parenting it's not a reflection of you know you doing anything wrong that could possibly have something to do with how long kids stay away but it does not mean that um, that you have messed up in any way, shape, or form. This is completely normal. So it's I a think natural cycle, natural, natural process that everyone has to go through to become an adult and to learn how to be an adult in the world. Absolutely. I think for me, I probably was away for a good four four years where we were not, you know, in constant contact or or creating any sort of healthier relationship. Right. So and as a parent, you do take it personal, which we have to learn not to. Um, we have to learn that this is just. A cycle of life and it's a process that we have to go through that um, our children do need to grow and they need to learn who they are and they need to learn who they want to be they need to get jobs they need to learn to support themselves and so this is a time where we can either pray for our children help them to uh, learn themselves and grow or we can feel like we're victims and that um, our children don't like us anymore but um, I choose to believe that I chose to believe that my children needed to grow up, needed to learn the life lessons that we all learn um, to be out there and to be successful in life. So we've kind of came up with um, a few steps, measurable steps that have worked for us that we want to share with you. And one of those, um, number one is um, relearn your children. Listen to understand and validate them. Um, Listening to our children is a big one. when they are able to speak to us and open up to us, we need to be able to sit back and listen. And we're in the role of parents. We usually want to give advice and to teach them what they need to do. But this is a really important time to turn that down and just listen. We need to understand what they're saying, where they're coming from, and we need to validate their experiences, even if it's not what we think is the 
correct experience. They perceive things in a different way than we do, and we need to validate their experiences and um, listen to them. That would be number one, I would say. Yeah, I definitely think that there is a time when kids come back and they've already discovered who they are or are at that time. And there is a period where you have to take some time to get to know them again. And in doing that, it takes a lot of asking questions about them, not just assuming that you know who they are because yes, you raise them and watch them grow up as young children, but ask questions about who they are now and take genuine interest in getting to know them. And I will say with my parents, I felt like they finally did that when I was, you know, in my early twenties, when I started to show up more authentically and be more honest with them about who I was and what my needs were and stuff, they started to actually try to get to know me. And that's a huge part of why we were able to get closer. It was them taking genuine interest in who I am now, rather than assuming who I am based off of what they knew about me. I think another thing that is super important is finding out what both parents and children, what your love language is and what your needs are. So what ways do you actually receive love? What ways do you give love so that it can be understood by the person receiving from you? Right. Like for some people, love language might be gifts. For other people, it might be personal touch. And for others, it might be acts of service. Um, There's several, um, there's a good book about the five love love languages, which you can go out there and find. But that's um, something that you learn through counseling that helps you to identify what your child's or your spouse's needs are. But um, learning to know, learning and getting to know what your child responds to is important when it comes to trying to connect with your child, adult child. As Absolutely. Well. And I think that you probably already knew my love languages growing up that it was service, also words of affirmation. I think you probably knew that before I did. And one of the things that my mom did when I was more estranged from my family, figuring out who I was, not you know, trying to make any effort to connect um, was sending me random text messages of love. Like she, I definitely did not invite them. I wasn't in that place to where I wanted my mommy <laughs> at the time to know that I needed her love or that I was struggling. And I was in that righteous time of life, my life where I was like, I got everything figured out and I can pay bills and be out on my own. And once you realize just how hard it is, sometimes at least for me, I can only speak for myself, it's hard to admit that you need support or that you're struggling. And it always seemed like my mom knew when those moments were, she would just send text messages of, I love you. And let me, uh, let me say something. It's, it's not, you need to be careful not to do too many texts or call too often, but listening to that inner voice, that, that feeling that you have. Um, I tried to listen to the feelings that I had um, when I felt um, lonely or sad or, or, or felt that something was wrong, then I would reach out and send those, um, texts or pictures of us or, or try to connect in that way. But, um, not to be overbearing, but to be <laughs> there with the right amount of time and support that your child needs as well. So absolutely. Balance is very important. Not everyone wants to receive a bunch of text messages of love, but it can help. And, you know, if you feel like it's too much, maybe ask, you know, what's enough? What type of contact your child, adult child is comfortable with, what they want? That can also be a way to find out what's the right measure of love for them as well. 
But for me at the time, I was not making any effort. So getting random text messages every you know, week or two weeks was really what I needed to just stay connected enough to want to come back at some point. Until you were ready. And yeah. then when you were ready, you picked up the phone and or I called and you, you answered. And that's, we slowly were able to rekindle uh, a healthy relationship little by little. Absolutely. I think another huge part of relearning your adult children is discussing expectations. Yes. And boundaries. Expectations and boundaries have been so important in our relationship. And what I mean by expectations are like, what do, how do I expect my mom to behave in order to show me that I'm loved or in order to show me that she respects me? Those things are so important to verbalize rather than just to assume. And one thing that we realized through that process is um, I always have a lot of family around me. I'm always busy. I'm always with my family. And there would be times when Bria would call and we would try to connect and I'd be in public and it would be loud. And there'd be my sisters and my family like, tell Bria hi. And always being interrupted and not having that one-on-one connection or um too much noise in the background. And so that's something that Bria let me know that, you know, call me back when you're not busy or call me back when it's not so loud where I can get your full attention. So it was important for me to make that a priority with our communication that when my, my daughter or my son or my husband call that I leave the room or I remove myself from the noise so that I can be connected and communicate in a way that you feel that I'm listening and that I'm hearing you so absolutely and to be more clear on that expectations not even that i expect you to leave it's that i my expectation is just to be told hey i'm busy right now i'll call you back or don't answer the phone if you're busy but i noticed that i was getting very agitated i was calling my mom and i could hear her texting like instantly shut down i felt like i wasn't heard i felt like what i had to say didn't matter because she was distracted and of course that is not what she was feeling, but I had to communicate with her clearly. When you do this, when we're on the phone and you're distracted, I feel like what I'm saying doesn't matter. I feel like I'm not important. And it takes having those clear communications of boundaries and expectations that, you know, had my mom understand like, oh my goodness, I don't want my daughter to feel that way. And it was such an easy fix. Right. But she would have never figured that out on her own had I not, you know, humbled myself and told her what no. my expectation and boundary was. And that's one thing I think is really good about our relationship is that you're able to tell me what you feel in a way that I don't have to take it personal, but I can also work on myself and try to correct what's hurting or what's causing problems in a relationship. And that works both ways. We both do that. So absolutely. And sometimes it's not, you know, fun to hear stuff about yourself. Sometimes it's not fun to hear people's boundaries or expectations, but like you said, I think it's important to not take it personally and to listen to understand um, before making an assumption, so. I agree. I think one of the most important things is as a parent, we need to listen to our child's voice and we can learn and be taught by what they have to say to us. If we're not open to hearing what our children have to say, you're not going to try to change things. But if we're open and don't take things personal and don't take it in a bad way, but try to just be open to learn and grow, then we can say, okay, I'm not being available in my conversations with her when there's so many people around. I need to hear what she's saying, that 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 was something that's hurtful and go somewhere where I can be all in on that conversation. So, um, but it's important for us to be open as parents, to listen to those 
things that our children have problems with or that are hurting them. And to know that um, if they're willing to share those vulnerable feelings that we should be willing to listen to them and, and to apply different strategies to try to make it better. So absolutely. And I also think that that goes both ways. I think right. it's equally as important for parents to have boundaries. You know, you are not there for your children to walk all over you. There are times where I have been that dominating force, you know, whether I'm speaking up and not being respectful or, you know, telling my mom what I think she should do or whatever it is, it's important for her to have boundaries with me as well. And especially in our relationship, because I am a very strong personality and I can dominate conversations and I can have that um, energy that can be misinterpreted as, I don't know, not aggressive, I'd say angry sometimes or, you know, too stern. So it's really important um, for us to have that for her as well so that she feels respected and that she feels safe in the relationship too. Wouldn't you say? Yes, you do a good job doing that. <laughs> We've learned that. Um, one thing that we need to, one thing that we've learned to do is that um, we've learned to connect with creating positive, um, positive experiences and communication. So some of the ways we've did that were yeah. through the memes that we talked about, text calls. Yep. Gifts, sending gifts, having little gift dance parties, just randomly sending messages to each other, um, calling on a weekly basis, I would say right. it started. We we definitely are everyday talkers now. Like I no yes. shame. I definitely call my mom at every inconvenience or whenever I'm bored or on a drive, I like to call her and talk to her. But just starting out, it wasn't like that. And it was definitely something that we had to make happen. And I believe if it's important enough to you, you'll make it happen. Yeah, dad and I um, make it a weekly habit to call his mom and to speak to family. And so that's important to uh, make it a priority and to make it uh, something that you can schedule. So you get used to connecting with your, with your family. So yeah. that's something else that I really love that my husband helped do is to call his mom every week and to talk on the phone, to let her know we love her and to um, connect with family. So yeah, put it on the calendar. Put it on the calendar to remind yourself. It doesn't have to be something that you spontaneously do, but schedule it if it's important to you to show that person that you can show up consistently and that that relationship is vital to you. Um, I think also when we're together, some of the important things that we do is like home cooked meals. My mom will cook meals that she knows are important to our, you know, core childhood memories, spatula, right. German noodles, whatever it is. Um, she just takes us back to that nostalgic place whenever we come home to visit. And that is always near and dear to both, I'm sure, my brother and my heart to have those, those moments. We also cook together. Often. Often. Work now out that, together. Yep, work out together. Um, whatever dance and sing in the car. That's something we turn up the music and we scream to the words or we yes. pretend to be techno experts who can do the techno machines. Yes. My mom <laughs> likes to dance to dubstep because that's my favorite music. <laughs> so she'll get down with some heavy bass acting like a robot in the car. And it's those moments that have really helped us to heal our relationship. Like it's, it's so important to create new memories to replace a lot of the, the old hard memories or the bad memories. Um, I think that is 
probably the key to why we are successful in, in healing our relationship is that we create happy memories now. And so we've gone to the parks, we take pictures, funny pictures, we yeah, play we, games, we do, try to connect, absolutely. going to places together, shopping, whatever it is, but um, making it a priority to connect wherever we are. Absolutely. It's very important, I think, to just create or to make a constant effort to create those new experiences, not only to just replace, you know, bad memories, but to also heal the trauma and negative experiences that happen throughout childhood, you know, to not live in those moments. It's so important to create new ones. And in doing that, it's not like nothing bad or, you know, hard ever comes up. It's also important to honor, you know, those traumatic experiences that do come up because it happens at any time. Our, our parents, our families can be our biggest triggers and things are going to be triggered and that's okay. It doesn't have to be all sunshine and rainbows all the time. And when things do get triggered, we both check in with each other. You know, you can tell, I can tell when my blood pressure raises, I am someone who physiologically, I respond to stress and triggers. My body shakes. I can feel my face getting red. You know, if it's, if it's a deep trigger, I'm going to have a physical response to it. Me too. And it's so important for us as individuals, adults to check in with ourselves and say, is this a conversation that we can handle right now? And if it's not, I, we heard this great analogy from my aunt the other day. If a situation comes up and you feel like you cannot emotionally handle it, it's okay to close the book and put it on the shelf for a later time. Right. When you have the emotional bandwidth to bring it down and talk about it. Another thing is um, physically, we need to be fed, we need to be have sleep, and we need to have um, the, the right timing in conversations. Because sometimes if you haven't eaten or you haven't slept or you haven't been through, um, if you're going to have a hard conversation, it's important that you know that those other things, hormones and those other things aren't affecting a negative conversation. Um, that's something I've learned. Like for me, I need to have food in my my body to be able to understand what's being said by my daughter or to understand feelings and emotions i need to have my sleep and i need to be able to be a fed so that i can communicate in a better way so i don't come off in the wrong way because hormones sleep all those things add into whether you have a good conversation or a bad conversation absolutely we are both very snippy when we're hungry <laughs> yes. and usually my mom can tell when i start to get she's like do you need something to eat have you eaten yet i do too like i need something to eat oh yeah and it's it is almost an immediate change and if you've been in so immediate any relationship with any human especially us women it it makes a drastic change you get a snack and and it's just like you're able to handle exactly and this again. is and this is information that can help you in your marriage too or in your in your relationships like don't have a hard conversation if you haven't eaten or if you're upset. I mean, try to settle down, try to have something in your stomach, try to make sure you got the proper rest and you'll have a better outcome in your communication. Yeah. It's just as a um, fact of life that yeah. those things matter. 100%. It's so important for us as individuals to check in with ourselves to self-care. Self-care is so important. You know, you're not going to get anything out of a conversation if you are so depleted or you know, not taken care of. You're not going to be the space to actually have a healthy conversation where you can heal the root cause that's coming up. So, right. I love the analogy that you said, like taking the book, taking that 
that subject, closing the book, putting it on a shelf, come back to it later when you're calmed down or when you've eaten something or when you've had the sleep that you need or when you're better to handle um, a hard conversation. So keep it simple and easy when you can, when it's, when it's, when you're with your daughter, with your family, that having positive communication is so important too. So those, we do have to have those hard conversations, but to make sure that it's the right timing. And that's something I learned with my husband It's learning um, when he could receive information from me, when it was hard, I had yes. to learn to be very patient. I had to learn to make sure he ate that I ate that um, we were able to sit down and actually get through hard conversations. So it really is timing. Yeah. yeah. I'm like that in every relationship. Like yeah. if someone brings something to my attention and I have not eaten or if I'm just not in the right headspace, it definitely can take a, a twist. So it's so important right. to check in with the people that you want to talk to. It's just, it's not fair to, I call it emotion bombing. It's not fair to emotion bomb people, you know, if they're not ready to receive it. And it's a better outcome for both people if you check in with people and and see if they're ready to have that conversation and if they're not to respect that. Because and to that ask goes, if they're open to um, advice or if they're open to your opinion feedback. and they can say yes or no. And I appreciate that. I remember when my sisters at one time was having a really hard week, it just, everything was going wrong. And she said, can I share something with you? And I said, really right now is not the right time. I just can't take any more negative information. And, and so it wasn't the right timing and that's okay. Those are those boundaries we need to have that we set with family members that there's sometimes that it's not the appropriate time. If you're in public and there's other people around, you don't want to get into a heated discussion or to have a communication that's going to be harder to get through. You need to do it one-on-one. -on -one. I found that's another thing is I'm very sensitive to having deep conversations one-on-one. -on -one and not in front of family members or mm -hmm. other people that we do it in a respectful way where we can get through those hard times together privately. Unless we're on a podcast. Unless we're on a podcast. <laughs> Unless we're like, yeah, it on yeah. a podcast. <laughs> yeah, I'm the same way. I like for those conversations to happen one-on-one -on -one, as I feel they should with any one-on-one -on -one conflict, you know, saying it behind closed doors in a safe setting. Um, also a tool that I learned from a coach or therapist, I don't remember, was when you do have those conversations, how important it is to one, have eye contact, you know, look at your person while you're speaking to them, but also touching. Right. I did not know that how much that could alleviate the tension, you know, between two people and right. also in your body by like holding hands with someone when right. you're having a hard conversation, That's touching them. It is so hard to look at someone and to say, negative or hurtful things when you physically are holding on to them because that already establishes that loving touch which is you know a love language that many of us have that physical touch can alleviate a lot of tension yeah i didn't realize that is actually yours and dad's too like we all need personal touch at times like but um learning my mom's not someone with personal touch it's hard for her she never had a mom that hugged her a lot mm. showed up for her all the time was very supportive but the personal touch was harder and so i had to tell my mom mom it's personal touch like putting your arm on her shoulder or her hand and just saying i understand what you're going through or i'm sorry that you're going through it shows a lot of um care and love and so those are things that i've had to tell my mom and that i have to check in with myself to see if i'm offering that personal touch like a hug I have to check in with myself like did you give your daughter a hug i'm very loving to the dog like you have a dog and i love putting my arms around the dog meaning loving to the dog but am i doing that or more for you mm -hmm. and that's where i check myself and i'm like oh i just gave 10 minutes of attention to this dog but i haven't given 10 minutes of attention to my daughter 
you know, so I need to re examine myself and get back to, Oh, let me go put my arms around my daughter, tell her I love her and give her a kiss. Good night. Instead of just playing with the dog, you know? So you are so sweet. I am actually not a physical touch person. Like it's okay. I love physical touch, like hugs and stuff, but that is not how I receive love. So for me, it's when you do acts of service, like last night, my mom made me a sandwich at like two o'clock in the morning because we're both night owls and I'm staying with her in her home right now. And like that meant everything to me because I did, I needed a snack before crashing, <laughs> like you know. And she yeah, just, we had ate one really healthy meal in the day. <laughs> yeah, and I just needed that that one thing, and it totally brought me back to childhood. And my mom is always so willing to do those little things to show her love for me, and that to me means more than a touch. Oh sure, you know that's something that um, physical touch is something that I am learning to incorporate more as well because i'm not a physical touch person as far as giving it for love right and it's it's something that i'm warming up to but i think we all need to do better at that i mean i think that especially with our own family with our with our husbands with our wives with our children we need to put our arms around them and tell them that we love them and one thing that i've done that's helped my relationship with your dad is that when he comes in that door the first five minutes are the most important and so something connecting with him and showing him that I'd stop everything that I'm doing and that I'm going to put my eye to eye and, and give him a hug and say, welcome home. I love you. That's important. That sets the mood for the home, that first five minutes. Definitely. And when it doesn't happen, it can be like we're not talking to each other for a couple hours, you know, so mm-hmm. it's important that we make an effort to do the love language that the people that we love respond to. And that's something that's helped me too. So absolutely. And he totally comes home Nana! screaming her name and so happy. And I think you you've shared that with him because he also makes an effort to oh, do yes. that first five minutes, make sure that he gives you a kiss and that you're the first person that receives his attention. Right. It's very powerful. And on the phone too. That's another thing. Like when we were talking to our loved ones on the phone, that's something else. Like when, I call one of my friends, her name's Destiny. I love her dearly. She makes me feel like a million bucks. Like she is like, Jeanette, I'm so happy to hear your voice. And it's so nice to feel loved and, and to feel that excitement that she has because she does love me. Same thing goes with us as parents, with our children or with our husbands or with our family, the people that we love to express how excited we are to hear their voice is such a gift to have people to love you. And so um, when my husband calls, he's like, Nana, that's my nickname from him. Nana, how are you doing? And he sounds happy and excited. And I try to do the same in return, like, baby, how are you? You know, um, doing that has helped me have a positive relationship with my husband through communication and with my kids by being excited to hear their voice, to show them how excited I am to hear their voice. And I learned that through a friend of mine, Destiny, who really embodies love and and showing people that she loves them and she's excited to be them. And so that feeling is something we should give to our children. When we talk to them, we should want to show them how much we love and care about them when they come home from school or when they have homework. Some baby, hey, Bria, I love you. You know, like, <laughs> what can I do to help you? And just um, changing our tone can affect a lot in our relationships as well. And so that's important too. Yeah, because it, it's not always like you feel happy or excited or whatever but you will if you turn change your tone it it definitely can change your whole entire mood even when you just try it on 
try on being excited, try on having fun. Like my mom is a very joyful person naturally. She just is naturally smiling, can naturally be like, yeah, you know, she's down for anything. And I am more of a lower energy type of person where I'm not so up, but when I match her energy, I'm there with her. I feel the joy, you know, I have to try it on sometimes. It doesn't always come naturally to me, but my relationship with my mom is so important to me that I'm willing to make myself uncomfortable and to act in ways that I normally wouldn't in order to experience that joy and that fun with her. Like she allows me to be my inner child sometimes. And that's hard for me. You know, there's sometimes where I forget what it was like to be a child and I'm, I'm just not in that. And she brings that out of me and makes it okay for me to do that. So it's not always comfortable. It's not always natural to act in those ways, but it's so important to just try. Right. Just try. I think that it is uh, an effort. It takes an effort to be positive and to overlook our negative experiences in life and try to stay in the positive. I know that's not realistic to be all the time and that we do have to go to places where we have to have labored communication or harder communication and Mm -hmm. we have to um, be okay with going there because we need to listen and validate our children and accept responsibility for the things that we've done to hurt those that we love. And we need to um, be able to increase in love after those hard, really hard communications or hard conversations. So, and then I just think it's important that we create positive new experiences and memories through some of the things that we've just said, like our tone, the way we communicate one-on-one, those things that can help us have better relationships and I don't know. I think that um, if we can concentrate on creating healthy relationships by being more positive and by being more inward looking, um, being open to hearing um, our children and what has been trauma to them or things that they're going through, being open to hearing them and just listening and then responding in, in an openness of, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to hurt you. That's not what I meant. This is what I meant, or this is where I'm coming from and why I think this. There's a lot of explaining in communication and that's important too. Yes, I definitely think it's so important for us to be accountable. And that's as children, adult children and parents, it's vital that we acknowledge the parts that are ours. I don't think that we need to acknowledge everything that someone says about their experience. Well, acknowledge it, yes, but we don't have to um, validate the parts that don't resonate with right. us. But as a parent, it definitely is important to listen to it and to let the, it come out. So yes. if I interrupt or if I stop that communication when it's so important and you're flowing with your feelings and opening up to me, that's going to stop. Absolutely. And so it's important as a parent that we just listen. And even if we don't agree with it or we don't validate all of it, just to hear it. Yes, 100%. Just hear it. Try to understand it. And the parts that are true for you that do resonate with you, acknowledge your part in them. That can be so hard to do to acknowledge where you're responsible for certain things, but it is so powerful. Just an acknowledgement that their experience is valid can heal so much. I agree. There's so many things that you've acknowledged, like just in our past conversation about coming out, like you acknowledge that in that moment, you may not have shown up how I needed you to, even right. though you were feeling a certain way, you acknowledge my feelings, acknowledge that that could be true. And that was enough for me to just be like, wow, 
thank you for seeing me. Thank you for hearing me. I didn't even need the apology that came with it, but even you apologizing to me, I was like, wow. And that part of me, the little girl in me who felt hurt at that time felt so healed. So acknowledgement can be so powerful accountability as well. And I think that it also mirrors an example of how we are supposed to communicate. Like if I can start to take responsibility for what I've done and the things that I've done to hurt you or that have not on purpose, but things that I've done that you share with me that have hurt you, then you two in return can also learn to mirror that behavior as, as a child, you can, as an adult child that you can learn, oh, that worked, that, that made me feel better. I I want to do the same thing with my mom. 100%. I agree with that. Accountability is so important for every relationship. And also there may be times where one person in a relationship is not able to meet you where you're at or to be accountable. And we also, you know, get to understand that sometimes we just have to meet people where they're at and it's not going to be reciprocated. But I do think that, you know, following the few steps that we talked about earlier is definitely a framework to at least start to create a healthy relationship, even if it is one-sided. Right. So listening is an important step, um, validating our feelings and validating the other person's feelings and accepting responsibility um, and accountability and then an increase in love. And through these steps and through creating positive new experiences and memories, we can become closer as a family. Yeah, and help to, I think, replace and heal traumatic negative experiences as well. It's a whole new experience to create a relationship with an adult child. Oh, for sure. And it takes that constant, consistent effort from both parent and child to relearn one another and to meet each other where you're at at this moment in your life. And it's okay if it takes baby steps. It's okay if you're not on the same page. Um, Your journey is going to be your journey. And just know that there is no perfect way to do it. Right. There's no end point. It never ends. This is a constant journey of going through um, these kind of trials and errors. You'll learn what works for you. And these are just some things that work for us. And we enjoy one another. We are grateful that our relationship has grown that we learn to communicate in better ways and that we can concentrate on some positive things and uh, some positive um, experiences and memories to replace those bad memories. Yeah. And I would say that's where we're at now because we have gone through some of the bumpier times. Like now we are more focused on just the positive. We're okay with not going into the past. It very rarely comes up for us now. Um, And it's just really important to both of us. We're on the same page with, the fact that we want to have fun. We want to go on trips. We want to enjoy each other's company. We want to dance. We want to laugh. We want to create happy memories. And um, we hope that all of you can do the same. And we're praying for everyone to have that positive experience with their, with their children, with their adult children and with the relationships they have in their life. Absolutely. So our positive message we want to leave you off on today, I'm going to choose is gratitude. I think that through gratitude, I have been able to heal a lot and just to recognize just how good I have it and um, just how blessed I am. So I personally have a gratitude practice every single night. I write at least 10 things in a journal that I'm grateful for, but gratitude can look like whatever you want it to for you. It can be one thing you say, it can be three things, whatever, but it's so important to tap into gratitude. It, It totally provides a perspective of Um, just how good things really are. 
Wow. I'm going to focus on the word peacemaker because as a mother, I think um, we are, have the biggest impact. We can bring the peace in the home. We can set the tone in the home and that um, I'm going to work on being a peacemaker in my home and in my relationships with my family. And I love that um, you're tapping into the gratitude because when you show up with gratitude, it just wants you to be, you just want to reach out and love someone that appreciates you and that shows gratitude. And um, I'm going to try to be the peacemaker and bring that peace into my life and into the people's lives that are around me and try to do a better job at um, remembering not to be upset, not to be hurt, but to be open and loving and to be a peacemaker. And you already do a tremendous job of that. Thank you. Just so you know, you it's, are the peacemaker. Oh, thank I you. Love you. I love you too. And we love you guys. We love you. Thanks for listening. Thank you so much for joining us on episode three. And we will see you guys next week. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Mommy Trauma. Feel free to give us a follow on Instagram at Mommy Trauma and submit any questions you may have or any topics you want us to speak about at mommytrauma at gmail.com. We'll see you guys soon. Bye.